It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of BlindAndroidUsers.com. Kick back, relax, and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Before I get going, I have two critical questions for our listeners. Do you still need us? Will you still feed us? iPhone, why am I asking this? Because it's the 64th podcast. It is indeed. It is our 64th episode. I'm Ed Green and I'm coming to you on location from my local pub because I fancy drinking some pints uh, this afternoon while doing it. I didn't really want to go home. I'm Ed Green and I'm joined by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Doug Cameron, Austin Pinto and Fee Dan. And we have a busy episode this week. Uh, We have some significant announcements uh, and we're joined by some special guests for that who we'll introduce later. In our Android Basics section, we continue our tour through app settings. We have an unboxing of the new Samsung S22 from John Dyer in our Spotlight section. And we conclude with Warren's highlights from TalkBack. Well, how are we all doing, folks? I am doing well, Warren here, and it's a beautiful day here today in the state of Washington, or eastern Washington, central Washington. We actually kind of having a better weather today. Um, I think we're about 14 degrees out there, so absolutely it's a beautiful day today. This whole week has been a very cold one, and uh, it's nice to see us digging out of that, and we got like uh, four inches of snow on Monday, two on Thursday. And, you know, yours truly was able to shovel all that thing out. And so I'm proud of myself. Glad to be here, guys. Love you guys. Austin, have you been shoveling snow? Unfortunately, Warren should send us some snow from US because Mumbai is getting very warm now. The winter is like almost over, 99% over. So I don't like this weather that is upcoming. I just don't. There'll be a lot of AC background noise and all those. So there's going to be some artificial effects to the recording. Hi, Fona. What's happening in London? London's been lovely today. Really nice sunny day. Um, I went for a lovely walk. I've been sitting in the garden uh, for the next few days. I've got lots of music to practice. Um, yeah, life is good. Dugaboo, how's your truck? Are you still in the cab blocking border and people doing work? Oh, hell no. I mean, uh, Ottawa's cleared up. The border crossing in Alberta is finally cleared up. Um, yeah, it, it, things are seemingly settling down-ish. Um, yeah, it's not doing too, too bad out here. Excellent. We do have some special guests, but I think I'm going to let Austin introduce those in the announcement section. Austin, over to you. This week, there is really a big announcement for, from us. Apart from being the partner of Top Tech Tidbits and being listed fifth in the Android podcast out of the list of 15, we are now partnered with another fantastic resource to do with Android from Turkey. They're launching next week, and we are joined by Sally and Omar to talk about that. So let me hand over the stage to them, and they'll tell you more about their launch and what it is going to do. And we are a partner of them also. We are listed on their website. So very excited for the launch. Thank you so much for these words. I mean, I really appreciate it. Uh, we are launching on next week. It's Air Silver Android, the accessible Android website. We will we will be resourcing all the Android materials for the visually impaired. Uh, so I remember what you would like to say. Blind Android users grubunun tüm Türk uh, Android görme engelli kullanıcılarına merhabalar diliyorum. Biz uh, Ömer Yeşiltaş ve Salih Kunduz ve diğer arkadaşlarla birlikte erişilebilirandroid.com adlı bir internet sitesi geliştirmeye çalışıyoruz. Bu internet sitemizde Android kullanıcılarına yönelik 
uygulamalar, yazılar, incelemeler, makaleler, haberler ve ipuçları ve kılavuzlar gibi ayrıntıları paylaşıp kullanıcıların hizmetine sunmayı planlamaktayız. Bu projemize destek verir. Bizimle birlikte olursanız çok seviniriz. Teşekkür ederim. Yeah, that's all from me. Thanks very much, Omar. Thanks very much, Sally. And, and if anyone thinks we were in some way discriminating there by not providing uh, a dubbing of that translation in English, it's not on the screen either. So we are not discriminating between blind and sighted uh, by having that left as it is. And it's great that uh, uh, that resource exists for our Turkish listeners. Is there any launch event that people yeah, can Yeah, there will be. Or? Yes, there will be, but uh, I think it will be in Turkish. Uh, yeah, you can also join if you want. Uh, we may uh, we may help you translate uh, some important things if you want. But the, the language will be Turkish. There, uh, next week, I think, in uh, on um, Friday evening, maybe, or Saturday evening, uh, at these times, we'll have a, a launch event and will uh, give uh, give away some uh, app licenses and some other items uh, to those who participate will have a um, yes conversation settings that's really good <clears throat> and what what's the uh, uh, android scene like in turkey sanley and omar is it, is it the predominant operating system among the blind or is ios uh, uh, more predominant in turkey I think iOS is more predominant. Uh, actually, it was more predominant three or four years ago. But nowadays, uh, Android is becoming really very, very popular uh, because of the improvements in the system. And especially because of the uh, commentary screen that Durden doesn't, Warren doesn't like. Uh, because people liked it and uh, are using it uh, very uh, easily and comfortably. I think it may be, may be equal. I don't know. Exactly, but I don't know what Sally thinks about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I also like using CSR, so uh, that's one of the reasons people like using it. So they think it makes their device faster in many aspects. So what sort of things can people expect on your on your website? What sort of uh, resources will you have? Is it is it like audio and video? Is it text? What what will folks get? For, for the beginning, we, we aim to be the text resource for news, updates, and apps. Also, we will be covering all those uh, tutorials and also some really useful hints for using Android and also the apps. But like uh, after getting like much more comfortable in many aspects, we would like to go with the podcast as like, like you do. But for the beginning, we will have tutorials, tips and tricks, and also uh, accessible Android apps for, for the blind. And also, we also like to uh, pay attention for the developers. We also want to have some developer uh, resources to make their apps accessible. We're going to move now to the Android basics section, and we continue our tour through the settings category and indeed uh, through the app settings. We're on part two of the app settings. Uh, before I uh, introduce our videos, uh, Warren, is there anything you want to say particularly, or shall we just introduce the videos that we have? We're glad to have you back, Ed, because last week you were not with us. Um, so this is beautiful having you back. So today we continue, as Ed has indicated. And this time we're talking about the per app notification and per app permissions. So here's what we're talking about. And I'll be talking about the per app notifications. And then Ed will talk about the per app permissions. And here is mine. The subject of notifications. What are these notifications? Notifications have been with us ever since the introduction of the mobile phone. So when we talk about things like calls or someone sending you a text message or sending you a file, all these things could actually be referred to as notifications. These are attention getters. Today we're talking about these notifications, these attention getters, and we're looking at these at the per app notification settings. And so as we continue this subject matter, we are here in that system settings as we indicated, and that's the area that talks about apps, assistant, recent apps, default apps, 
Let's go in here and look at a notification. Settings. Apps. Out of list. Showing items 1 to 10 of 12. One could pick any app here to go look at its notifications. For me though, I'm going to look under the recently opened apps. And under my recently opened apps, I have the following. Apps. Recently opened apps. Heading in list. Duo. 36 minimum. Ago. I have the Google Duo and it says I've opened it like 36 minutes ago. I'll tap on this. Settings. App info. Out of list. We are now in the app info just like we saw last week when we looked at Google Chrome. And what we're looking for is notifications. We got things like Open button in list. Uninstall button. And below that we have something called Additional app settings in the app. Additional settings in the app. And below that we have Notifications. Tilde three notifications per week. We will come back to that additional settings in the app, but for now let's tap here on notifications and thus we're dealing with the app notifications as for Google Duo. Settings. Duo. Out of list. Showing items 1 to 11 of 25. We are told that there are a total of 25 items. I am not necessarily going to speak about each and every one of these, but I'll just go through so that at your own leisure time, you could come back in here and dig through and make changes as you see fit. But here's what we've got. Starting from the middle of the phone, we have a switch that has been turned on by default. And that is something that says, All duo notifications on switch. All duo notifications are turned on. If I turn this switch off, then what happens is that Off. Showing items 1 to 3 of 3. We have only 3 items. And here's what that will say. At your request, Android is blocking this app's notifications from appearing on this device. So, in other words, when someone calls me, sends me a message, or I miss a call, or whatever from Google Duo, that is not going to be showing up here on my Pixel 4. So let's turn it back on now and see what items we have in these Google Duo notifications. All Duo notifications off, on, showing items 1 to 11 of 25. So here's what we got. Under each of these, there's a switch that one could turn off or leave on by default. Calls heading. Under calls heading, we've got all calls. Notifications on switch. Next. Receive one. One calls. Tilde one notification per week. We'll come back to this one shortly. On. Receive one. One calls. Switch. Receive group calls. Group calls. You can create a group on Google Duo. On. Receive group calls. Switch. Missed calls. Tilde two notifications per week. On. Missed calls. Switch. Let's keep going. Messages. Heading. Under messaging. All. Messages. Notifications. On. Switch. New messages. On. New messages. Switch. Showing items keep 1 going. to 11. Message reactions. Showing items 12 to 22 of 25. On. Message reactions. Switch. Message reaction, just like we have in Google Messages or Google Gmail, you could quickly react to a message without necessarily needing to do some typing. Other heading. We now come to the other heading. Let's keep going. Account updates. Account updates. On account updates. Switch. Reminders that you're in a call. Reminders that I'm in a call. So I need a notification to let me know I'm in a call. Hmm? On. Reminders that you're in a call. Switch. Next. Retry reminders for missed calls. On. Retry reminders for missed calls. Switch. 
So here we're talking about those times that either you try to call someone and either they're on another Google Duo call or maybe they have bad connectivity and you're unable to get hold of them or maybe they try calling you or something like that. You could get those notifications saying, hey, you know, it's probably most likely now that you can get hold of that person. And that's what these things are about. Next. Contact updates. Contact updates that has to do with when you add someone to your contacts and they happen to get Google Duo or sign up for Google Duo, you'll be notified that so-and-so now is on Duo and things like that. Or if you have your contacts and you don't turn this on, when someone becomes a Duo user, you're not going to know it. So leaving this on lets you know who is and who isn't on Duo. Transfer calls among devices. Transfer calls between devices. In other words, if I'm on this device, for example, and my battery is running out and so I decided to go grab another phone, then I should be able to transfer that call to that other device and continue with my conversation. On. Transfer calls among devices. Switch. Next. Group updates. Group updates. On. Group updates. Switch. On those Google Duo groups, you could have someone new come on or someone post a message on there. You should be able to get those updates. And that's what this one is for. Next. New features. New features. That is when there's any new introduction or Google team introduce something new to Duo. You will see those new features here. It's like the what is new. On. New features. Switch. Next. Messages from Duo team. In other words, the Duo team, the people working on Duo, they could send messages to everyone on Duo, and you'll see those messages in here if you have it on. By default, it is turned on. On. Messages from Duo team. Switch. SIM card changes. On. SIM card changes. Switch. So this happens when you travel to another country, for example. However, when you have a SIM change, you'll still be able to access your contacts that are on Duo as though you are still within your country of origin, even though you have a different SIM card on here. Next. Special events and topics. There are times that there are some special events and topics and those things can be posted on Duo and you should be able to see those things if you have it turned on and by default it is turned on. On. Special events and topics. Switch. Unseen messages. Reminders. Unseen messages. And this has to do with messages that I didn't realize. I got a message. It will show me, hey, I still have these unseen messages here and that by default is turned on. On. Unseen messages reminders switch. Allow notification dot on switch. And the last item here is to allow notification dots. In other words, if I have several missed calls or several messages that I got through Google Duo. And by the way, if you're not familiar with Google Duo, you can actually even send text messages. It's not as dynamic and rich as what you will have in the likes of Telegram and all of that, but at least you can send some messages here. So if I have this turned on, when I have those messages, I should be able to see as to how many of these I have. Let's now go back to the top and look at a couple items that I was going to talk about. And those are the received calls and the missed calls. And basically, each of those have the same items. Let's look at received calls. Receive one. One calls. Tilde one notification per week. If we tab here. Settings. Receive one. One calls. Out of list. And in here we have the following. Selected. Button. Default. May ring or vibrate based on phone settings. In list. There's a default or I could tap on. Button. Silent. Silent, which means I wouldn't hear any notification and things like that. Next. Pop on screen. When device is unlocked, show notifications as a banner across the top of the screen. On. Switch. Next. Sound. None. I could tap here to go choose a special sound for this duo if I wanted to. Right now is none. Vibration. On. Switch. And here, whether or not it should vibrate, and by default here, it's set to vibrate. Lock screen. Don't show notifications at all. Showing items 1 to 7 of 9. 
lock screen, do not show any notifications at all. And this is following my system-wide settings that I have set in place to where no app should display any notifications on the lock screen. So even if I tap here to go say, hey, I want to allow Google Duo to show notifications, it is not going to be available because this one has been set in the general area of notifications, which we'll get to later on as we proceed with these episodes. Show notification dot off switch. Again, we see another show notification dots here, and this one is off. So if I've chosen something like silent notification, and yet in the same breath, I choose to show notification dots, then it will show me those notification dots, even though it's not going to make any sounds or anything of the sort. Next. Override do not disturb. Let these notifications continue to interrupt when do not disturb is on, off, switch. So this is about do not disturb. So if I want it to make my duo even uh, send me notifications, I could turn this on. And therefore, when I'm in do not disturb, these notifications could come through or the ringing could come through. So that's what that is about. And this type of settings are also found in the missed calls. I will now go back to the app info screen and look at the other item that we saw, which I was going to talk about, and that's the one that says additional settings in the app. Settings. Receive one. One. Let's go back. Settings. Notifications. Tilde three notifications per week in list. Now above this is where we see that additional settings in the app. Additional settings in the app. So basically, if I tap here, it will be the same thing as going through to Duo and then tapping on the more options on the top right and then going into the settings. That's what this area will take me to. For example, if I tap here. Settings. Back. Button. Out of list. And here are the things that we would be finding if we had gone the route of going through Duo and then tapping on the more options on the top right. And these items here would include the following. I'm just going to go through them real quick. Account. we got account. Call, se call settings. Message settings. Message settings. Notifications. Notifications again. Choose theme. System theme. Blocked users. And block users. So you can go in here and manage your block users. So you added someone to your block list. You can go in here and unblock him or her. And that's what we're talking about per app notification. So you could come into this area and go customize your app and choose how you want to manage that app notification. Thanks, Warren. Uh, that was a really good demonstration on notifications. And uh, one of the key things I think we pulled out is that for the same app, you can have different sounds for different notifications. And indeed, you can turn off uh, uh, different notifications. You did duo, didn't you? So um, uh, that, that level of customizability I think I would like in app notifications a little bit more global customization. Like if I want uh, one, one, one sound across all notifications for a given app, I think, I think that could be made a little bit easier. But uh, uh, yeah, as, as you'll have seen from Warren, you get a lot of customization, lots of flexibility from that demo. I want to know if I can have notifications for my email so that it goes bing but it doesn't keep trying to read out the subjects of the emails because that's very irritating. Do you know if you can have one without the other? If your phone is locked, you can, because what you would do is you would set it uh, not to show sensitive notifications on the lock screen. If your phone is unlocked uh, and it does it, I don't know, to be honest, do you, Warren, whether you can hide the contents of a notification but still have it ping? So as we're going to be talking about this down the line in our notifications and sounds, what's actually going on here is that even if you turn off do not read whatever in TalkBack, for example, what's going on here is that if you have your Google accessing if you want it to be able to read your messages, sometimes by default, some people have it on. And we'll be talking about that. That's what's going on here. So if you don't want to hear that, then you say, Google, hey, don't have access to my notifications. And we'll be dealing with that 
in the notifications and sounds. Uh, in a few episodes from now, we'll be touching on that. So uh, we'll be talking about that here pretty soon. Brilliant. Warren, you say, you say some people have it on. Do some people have it off as well? Yeah, some people have it on. Like, for instance, if I want to be able to uh, hear my emails when they come in, uh, I have to do that. If I don't turn that on, because Google will not have access to my email messages so that they can be read aloud. If I don't have that turned on, it will not work. But if I have it on, and I'm not sure, it seems like by default that is on. I don't remember because I have mine turned off. But that's what's going on. And if you turn it off in TalkBack saying, hey, I don't want you to say anything when my screen is locked or something like that, uh, it may still have access to it because you have given it that permissions. But again, it makes sense to uh, say, hey, I don't want to, I don't want something showing on my lock screen, for example. That also might help with the issue we're talking about. But then the issue I'm talking about will also be important. For instance, if you say, read my last messages or read my whatever messages, if you don't have that feature turned on, you would be told you need to give it permission in order to do that. And it's part of that. One of the easiest, although you might not want to do it, uh, but it's just to turn off notifications for your email clients and then nothing will be read. And you'll just check your emails when you check your emails. But uh, that might not work for your use case. But uh, we'll dive into it when we do sounds and notifications. Now I'm going to introduce permissions in our next demonstration. Hello everyone, I'm Ed Green and with your permission I'm going to show you another part of the apps category in our settings app. You might have noticed what I did there, we are in fact going to talk about permissions. So what are permissions? When you install an app, it may well need to access different parts of the operating system, its functionality, your data, or indeed other apps on your device. And these are called permissions. They'll often pop up when you first open an app when you install it. A phone app might ask you if it can make and manage phone calls. A messaging app might ask if it can manage your contacts. And uh, a GPS app might ask if it can access location services. Normally, these are pretty straightforward, but Android gives you quite a lot of control over what different apps want to do. So you should pay attention to the permissions you're granting apps, because not all apps need the permissions they ask for. And indeed, if an app asks for too many permissions, you may want to seriously think about whether that app is indeed one you want on your phone. Is, is it trying to do other things? One app that needs a lot of permissions to function is obviously TalkBack or Android Accessibility Suite. That, that needs basically all the permissions the operating system can give it. Uh, it needs to be able to uh, read everything that's happening on your screen and get really under the skin of it. And Google has allowed accessibility services to have these permissions. Other apps that need quite extensive permissions have uh, taken advantage of this and masqueraded as accessibility services. That's sometimes fine because the functionality that those apps provide warrant those extra permissions and the only way they can get it is indeed to pass themselves off as accessibility services. Other times it's really not fine uh, and Google is starting to clamp down on that. I'm going to show you what permissions look like uh, for an app. We're going in, as you know, we're, we're doing the app settings at the minute, so this is the way we're going in. So I'm going to fire up my phone and show you what we have here. Navigate up button. Double recently opened apps. Heading and list. Hyperion five minutes ago. Facebook five minutes ago. Double tap to activate. I'm going to look at Facebook. That's a relatively controversial app, so we'll see what happens here. Settings. App info out of list. And I have various options on this resulting screen. Navigate up button. More options button. Facebook and list. Open button. Disable button. Force stop button. Notifications off. Permission location and nearby devices. Double tap to activate. It's permissions we want, so I'm going to go into permission. App permissions. Back button out of list. Double tap more options button. Now, before we go too much further, I should point out that Google has 
improved the permissions experience through various versions of Android. When you, uh, in the early days, you had to accept permissions before you even downloaded an app. And various versions of Android since have uh, increased the granularity of permissions to help you control uh, privacy because Google obviously comes under quite a lot of flack being a predominantly ad-based service that it doesn't care about privacy. I'm running Android 12, so what you may see in your permissions section might be different. Uh, Google's made strides again to uh, protect uh, privacy in Android 12. So if you're on 10 or 11, this might look a little bit different. So I'm in Facebook's permissions now, and I'm going to uh, swipe right. Facebook, heading, and list. Allowed, heading. Location, last access, 2227. Double tap to activate. So we're on location now. I'm going to tap on this and see what we have. Location permission. Back button out of list. Facebook. Location access for this app. Not selected. Allow all the time. Radio button 1 to 4. And list 4 items. Selected. Allow only while using the app. Radio button 2 to 4. Not selected. Ask every time. Radio button 3 to 4. Not selected. Don't allow. Radio button 4 to 4. So those are what you can change. And theoretically, if it's set to while using the app, it should only really be able to access your location while it's in the foreground. Uh, let me see what time it is. System UI, 22.35, out of list. Possibly that's right, uh, although it said it was at 22.27, and I'm not sure Facebook was in the foreground then. So, I mean, it is running in the app switcher, so uh, perhaps that's reasonable. Use precise location. When precise location is off, apps can access your approximate location. Off, switch, out of list. Double tap to activate. So do you want to use precise or approximate location? I think that is an Android 12 feature and quite helpful if you do, if you want an app to know roughly where you are, but not exactly. See all apps with this permission. Double tap to and activate. you can also see all apps with this permission from here. Location permission. Back button. App permissions. Location. Last access 2227. Enlist. Nearby devices. Access in the past 24 hours. Double tap to activate. So this is the next permission that Facebook has, uh, the nearby devices. Let's see what this does. Nearby devices permission. Back button out of list. Facebook. Nearby devices access for this app. Selected. Allow. Radio button. One of two. And list. Not selected. Don't allow. Radio button. See all apps with this permission. Out of list. App permissions. Nearby devices. Access in past 24 hours. And list. Double tap to activate. Not allowed. Heading. And now we get into the not allowed permission for Facebook. Calendar. Double tap to activate. Camera. Double tap. Contacts. Microphone. Phone. Du storage. Double. Unused apps. Heading. Remove permissions and free up space. On. Switch. Double tap to activate. To protect your data, if the app is unused for a few months, the following permissions will be removed. Location and nearby devices. So there you have it. There are a bunch of permissions I could grant the app, and they were listed back there. Uh, around calendar and phone calls and all the rest of it. Uh, it doesn't automatically mean that Facebook asked for those and I denied them. It could simply be that uh, I am able to grant those permissions to Facebook. It might not be that the app asked for it, although sometimes an app will ask for permissions and you can, you can deny those permissions. So that's an illustration of what you can do with permissions uh, in Android. Uh, it is quite powerful. It is quite granular. Uh, so do you think about the permissions that you might want to give uh, an app before you actually grant them? And sometimes come in here and have a little look and see what you can potentially turn off uh, or uh, uh, deny the app and still get it to work. What I'll say about this, a little bit like with uh, the, the previous item on notifications, we'll return to what I consider to be the second half of submissions in either the next episode or a couple of episodes' time when we come to something called special app access because uh, you may need to go in there and in the apps may ask you to turn on things in there that will enable the app to... Uh, 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 work well so do keep an eye out for special app access i've had to use it at least three times to troubleshoot it and when i talk about that when we get to it i will i will highlight those different special app access categories that are important one thing i would like to comment on this permissions is that in later versions of android google has nicely polished the permissions 
and they are even going to do something in android 13 back in the old days apps would just sometimes accept the permissions or just run without even asking you for permissions and then when you go to settings you would see that the app is accessing all the permissions also permissions is the number one security problem with android so for example if you have a calculator app a third party calculator app which is asking you for media accessing permissions one time that is okay because it may want to write something to your storage but if it asks for permissions to manage your location or access your location or manage phone calls or any other permission that is not related to calculator you seriously will have to doubt the app and it's my recommendation that you uninstall the app because it is a security risk having the app ask for some unrelated permissions also if there are any apps not made for android 12 or 11 and if you don't allow it permissions some permissions the app may break and may not run properly or may not run at all so if you have such apps it's best to see for alternatives or unfortunately you'll have to grant them all the permissions in our spotlight section this week our friend john dyer returns with a demonstration of the just released samsung galaxy s22 ultra and what a powerhouse of a phone it is hello everyone this is john and i'm here to do an unboxing of the galaxy s22 ultra i just got it today it's wednesday the 23rd So I got it a little bit early if you go by the official release date. Although people have been getting theirs for a few days now. So but I'm glad to have mine. So I got it right here. I'm going to go ahead and start unboxing it. So this is a typical box with tape. It's a pretty small box for such a big phone. You know what that means? not going to be much in here. All right. So I'm going to open it up. Set the top aside. I'm just going to go right to the phone. Okay. Well. Wow. I like it. So, it was face down or it was face up screen up when i opened the box and it's got a plastic on the back i don't know that it has anything on the front well actually yeah it does it has a screen protector on the front i'm going to leave that on for now take the one off the back well okay so First thing that's pretty noticeable on the back is that it's completely flat. There's no camera bump. However, the cameras uh protrude from it. So, it's like each camera is their own camera bump. Uh the three cameras on the left seem to be about the same size. The two to the right of that I guess one's only one of them is technically a camera. The other is a uh time of flight sensor or actually no, I think this year it's a laser autofocus. So yeah, there's a laser laser autofocus. There's the wide camera, the ultra wide camera, and two telephoto lenses. One is 3x, one is 10x. All right, so well, I'm going to go ahead and take the screen protector off too. Set that aside. Okay, so there doesn't seem to be any thing on the sides that I need to peel off. I don't want to pick at it. Um So, the first thing I'm noticing is that the top and the bottom of it are completely flat. Like I could I don't know if I should try or not, but I could probably stand it up 
Okay, maybe not, but <laughs> almost. It's pretty flat. Um, yeah, and along the top is just, as far as I can tell, just the one hole for the microphone. Along the left side seems to be nothing, just completely smooth. The right side is the um, volume keys at the top, and then the power underneath that. Uh, actually, I so I'm I can tell there is some little plastic that you need to peel off the sides, but I'm gonna leave it on for now. I'll deal with that later. And across the bottom, there seems to be an S pen to the very left. It's a, a little bump sticking out so you can feel it. And I don't know if you can hear that or not, but when you press it in, it ejects. This is a, this is the first S pen phone that I've ever had. So this is gonna be an experience. I'm just gonna put that back in. To the right of that is the speaker, then the USB-C port, then what I think is the, yeah, it's got to be the SIM tray there, and I guess the mic, there's, a, there's probably a microphone down here, it must be next to the speaker. Alright, let's see what else is in here, we know it's probably just a cable and a sim ejection tool. So I'll take the sim ejection tool. I'm going to need that. And actually I'm going to need the cable to, to set up. Alright, so yep. Some injection tool and the cable. It's basically it. So, just a couple more comments on the phone. It's got a nice matte feel to it. It doesn't feel as glossy as what I'm used to with the Samsung phones. Um, so, I do like the feeling of it. it curves nicely around the edges, and like I said, the top and the bottom are flat. Um, it's not as big as I was expecting it to feel like. Um, it's probably pretty close to the size of the Pixel 6 Pro. Might be a, just a little bit bigger. I don't have one to compare, but just by holding it, it feels about the same size. Alright, so... So I'm going to go ahead and turn it on now. Holding it down. There is a vibration, for those who are wondering. Also, I went with the white version, and I got it in 512 gigabytes of storage, which also comes with 12 gigabytes of memory. So it's booting up now. I'm just going to do the Samsung shortcut. So I'm just gonna press volume up and the side key. Press both side and volume up keys. And then I press talk it again. On. So talk back's on. Welcome to talk back. All right, so. Allow TalkBack to make and manage phone calls. TalkBack is Allow up and running. Button. Double tap to activate. It's asking for permissions. Samsung Setup Wizard. Welcome. Okay, so I finished setting up the phone. Um, I didn't want to bore you with all of that, so I just paused the recording. But I do have a few comments. So first thing I did was I put my SIM card in. Um, the SIM tray is on the bottom. And it's to the bot it's to the right side of the bottom edge. And um, the hole for the SIM ejection tool is to the left side of the SIM tray. So it's just a little bit to the right of the USB-C port where you're going to be putting the uh, SIM ejection tool. I was a little nervous at first. I, 
it seems like that's where a microphone should be, but um, it, it wasn't. It was the uh, ejection uh, hole for the SIM card. And when I put the SIM card in, it goes in with the uh, cut corner to the top right. So if you if you pull in the tray out from the bottom, then just make sure the cut corner goes into the top right of the tray and then just slide it back in. So once I did that, it asked me to restart the phone. So I restarted the phone. And I went through the setup. I didn't have any issues from an accessibility standpoint. It all worked pretty good. Uh, the fingerprint sensor setup went really well. Um, the only thing I really had an issue with is, for whatever reason, it wouldn't detect when I connected my Pixel 5a to it using the cable. I used the cable that came in the box and I installed Smart Switch on my um, Pixel 5a and I couldn't get them to detect each other so I had to do it. I still use the Smart Switch app, I just did it wirelessly. So I connected them wirelessly and just did the transfer that way. I don't think uh, it, it made a difference. It, it might have just taken a little bit longer. Well, that was one one issue, slight issue I had. I mean, I prefer the way Google does it where you just connect the cable and on your other phone, you basically just um, unlock your phone with your fingerprint and then it'll just sign you in automatically. Um, that being said, it did sign me in to my Google account automatically. And then when I went to log into my Samsung account, I just did sign in with Google, which I was already signed in. So it just asked me for the verification code that it sent to my other Samsung device, my tablet. So um, as far as like having to put in passwords, I didn't have to put any, any passwords in, except for, of course, my Wi-Fi password. And then I just, because of the two-factor authentication, I had to put in that code. And, uh, you know, other than that, it, it, it went pretty flawless. Um, I got it set up and running now. Um, obviously I haven't used it much, but just wanted to confirm that from an accessibility standpoint, you know, the setup was pretty flawless, pretty standard for what you can expect from a phone running Android 12. All right. So thank you for listening. We talked a little bit about this phone, uh, after the Samsung event unpacked or whatever they called it, uh, earlier in the month or yeah it would have been earlier this month uh is anyone interested in the s22 ultra anyone gonna get one not at the moment so i saw the phone at the store uh last week my wife and i were out there and um got some real nice guys at at&t and I actually like the phone, you know, it has that boxy feel of a Sony phone and all of that. Um, however, I think the one thing that I didn't like about it is the S Pen at the bottom there. I wish that they had not uh, put that S Pen in there. But yes, this is just a personal preference. And someone might find this as a very nice feature. You know, I'm just kind of thinking if I sit my phone down on this spot, I probably might pop that thing on, or if you know, I have it in my pocket, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I'm kind of having a little bit of a mixed feeling about uh, the location of that S Pen and how it is uh, implemented. You know, feel-wise, how did it compare to your Fisher Price? So when this knucklehead talks about the Fisher Price, he's talking about my gorgeous uh, Pixel. Now, frankly, the, these two phones are absolutely the same in every way, except that the Samsung one is a little bit fatter. Um, the uh, Pixel 6 Pro uh, looks absolutely stunning in the sense that it's a thinner device. So if you like a thinner device, uh, this is the one to get. I like big phones. I don't care how big or heavy they are. I, I think for me, all it boils down to is the build of the phone and this Samsung one is just as beautifully crafted as the Pixel 6 Pro is. So if you're getting this phone, it's not something to, you know, be grateful about it. I mean, uh, they have up to one TB. And I hope that Google uh, emulate this in their next coming uh, Pixel 7 series. 
Excellent. Thanks, Warren. Yeah, you don't have to regret getting the Samsung S30. Like you might have to regret getting the Fisher Price. So I looked at the S22 Ultra, and after having the Note series previously, I actually don't really notice have the S Pen's implementation being really too obstructive. It does take a minute to get used to it being there, but I think that comes basically with time. Like you put your hand on it. If your fingers aren't reaching for the S Pen on a regular basis, it is very easy to just forget it even exists. So I think in that regard, having the S Pen option in the Ultra really is kind of a benefit because there's obviously tons of people who love the S Pen and it's one of those added bonuses that I think were really lacking when they launched the um, Fold series, given the fact that there's more than enough space in the Fold series to have the S Pen and the pen is more beneficial with the large screen. I think it was one of those things that really was lacking in this um, Z series. So I'm kind of glad to see it has been implemented in the main S series of phones and kind of starting to see that merge between the Note series, the S series. I think that pen just comes as an added bonus. And I like what you did there when talking about differences that you didn't notice. Like a little E before the I. Uh, I thought that was a wonderful plan. So, uh, yeah, that's right. And, and as someone who wants to reach for their pen on a regular basis, it certainly needs to be accessible, I think. so. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. having it easy to access in built into your phone, I find that more efficient than having to go and dig it out of a third-party case and then use make use of it so having it there to me is just that added bonus added speed basically yeah definitely how big is the phone i mean can you fit it in your pocket or is it too big it all depends on your pockets it isn't necessarily a very big phone you know per se it's just like the pixel 6 pro uh, the Pixel is 6.7 inches, and I think the uh, S22 Ultra is 6.8. So it's not it's not that big. Um, it's for me I, I, maybe because I like big phones. It's just a perfect size for me. So um, maybe for a lady, it may be a little bit too big, but you could just drop the thing in a purse or something. But it's not egregious. It's not a tablet or anything. It's not that no, big. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's just a regular phone, just like any other phone out there. Uh, and it's hard to even tell that it is big. It's just a nice uh, phone. Yeah. And as Warren said, uh, the uh, the only difference between the Google 6 Pro and the Samsung S22 is that one company knows how to make phones and one doesn't. <laughs> there you go and we conclude this episode with Warren's highlights from Talkback we continue now with our theme of highlights from Talkback this is installment 26 in our last installment installment 25 we looked at the upright gesture which opened up the Talkback menu today however we'll be continuing with the next item I am on my home screen and will now find my way to the talkback menu. I am using my Pixel 4 this time, running Android 12 and talkback 12.1. And keeping things googly, I am using the Google Speech Services for this demonstration. I will now swipe down and curve to the right to open up my talkback menu. Talkback menu. Actions. Enlist. We are now in the talkback menu. Our next item that we're looking for is toward the bottom, and that will be the talkback settings. I will find and tap on talkback settings. Talkback settings. Here is talkback settings, and I'll tap here to activate talkback settings. Talkback settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. We are in the talkback settings. Our next item we're looking for would be the customized gestures. 
using two fingers and placing them in the middle of the phone, I will glide those fingers upward, thus scrolling down the page, and thus I will find and tap on Customize Gestures. Showing items 5 to 15 of 15. Customize Gestures. That's what we're looking for. I'll now simply tap anywhere on the face of the phone to activate the customized gestures. Customize gestures. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. We are now on the gesture customization page. And what I will do now would be to scrub up and down with one finger because I want to switch my granularity to the headings granularity so I could navigate by heading and go find that angle gestures that we started back in installment 23. I'll now scrub up and down with one finger till it says headings. Spoken language. Speech rate. Windows. Links. Controls. Headings. Here's our headings. Now, instead of scrubbing up and down using one finger, all I need to do is just swipe down one finger at a time till it says the heading of the angle gestures that we started back in installment 23. Here I go. One finger heading in list. We've got the one finger heading. Next, let's swipe down again. One finger back and forth heading. This is the one finger back and forth that we covered some episodes ago. Next. One finger angle heading. Showing items 9 to 18 of 49. That's the heading we're after. The angle gestures. Now, instead of swiping down, I'll swipe from left to right. In other words, moving me through the items that are found underneath the heading of the angle gesture. Swiping from left to right now says, Swipe up then left, home. Swipe up then left. We've done that before, so I swipe from left to right again. Swipe up then right, open talkback menu. That's the one we looked at last week in installment 25. The next one will be... Swipe down, then left, back. Swipe down, then left, back. In other words, this action will perform a system gesture. This is a gesture that has been with us for quite a spell in TalkBack. So if you're having difficulty using native gestures, then you could use this screen reader-based gesture to go back. So if I were on a different page and I want to go to the previous page, or if I were in an app and I want to go to the previous screen or something to that effect, then I swipe down and curve to the left to go back to the previous page or previous screen or whatever the case may be. And again, remember that one could always change this. It is not written in stone, but this is one of those things that one could change. If you find that to be a difficult gesture for you, you could go in here and change it to either a tap or something else that would take you back. So again, customize this to your own liking and make TalkBack work for you the way that you want it to work for you. That has been our entry, but before I go, let me now swipe down and curve to the left and go back to the previous screen. You'll see what I'm talking about. Talkback settings. Customize gestures in list. I swiped down and curved to the left, and it took me back to the talkback settings. I will again swipe down and curve to the left, and this time it should take me back home. Pixel launcher. Folder, money, four or more items, out of list. I am now on my home screen when I did that last drawing of a line down and curving to the left. Now you have a better understanding of your down then left gesture to go back. And that concludes installment 26. Thank you very much, Warren. Austin, where can people pull our cheeks? So people to locate us, they can email us with their questions or feedback or comments or recording submissions to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. They can browse our website, blindandroidusers.com. 
check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash blind Android users. Subscribe to our mailing list, blind Android users, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for Telegram and Twitter Clubhouse will be in the show notes with all the other links. So that is it from us this week. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks very much for joining us. See you next week. Bye, Bye everybody. And Ed, be careful out there in the pub. I shall. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.